Hey everybody, Franklin Taggart here with the virtual coffee break without coffee. <laughs> if I have coffee right now, I'll be up all night long. Um, I had a, a wonderful evening this evening uh, going to a jazz concert at my son's high school. Um, Bodhi is, you know, he's 16 now and is starting to get to that age where he's hanging out with other people. And uh, those rare occasions where I get the chance to actually, you know, do something just the two of us are becoming fewer and further between. And um, he's he's really excited about uh, about drums, and in particular, he's really interested in jazz drumming. Uh, he and I watched the movie Whiplash not too long ago, and wow, what a what a movie! I have to say that there were some parts of that that actually kind of triggered some old traumas for me. Um, I studied jazz in college. That was my main uh, that was my main focus was jazz guitar. And um, the the demands of jazz music <clears throat> are different than any any other kind. I think maybe classical musicians have to be every bit as disciplined and country musicians, uh, country, country guitar players are probably some of the best in the world. But there was, there was something about jazz that, um, there was an exactness that needed to happen that took everything that I had. And I remember, I remember being really dejected and feeling like a total failure at it most of the time. But it was really important, I think, for me to have teachers along the way. Um, and I was remembering some of them tonight because the, actually at the jazz concert tonight, they played several of the songs that um, I played in high school and college and beyond um, in a couple of jazz groups that I was in after I graduated. But I look back um, on some of those occasions and there were there were a few people um, you know, life life is hard sometimes, and I was a kid that didn't really know who I was very well, and I was very insecure, and I had no, I had no sense of who I was. And then I got my guitar, and then all of a sudden, the guitar became a real central part of my identity, both among my peers and. Um, in the world and to myself. It was like that was the thing that I could actually lay claim to that uh, none of my friends were doing and that it was something that I could I could go wherever I wanted with it. And I was lucky to have some teachers along the way that encouraged me to go in directions that I otherwise may not have gone. Uh, a couple come to mind right, right now. Um, Ed Martin was uh, my band teacher um, in my ninth grade year. And I had just started playing like the year before. And he invited me to, to be in the jazz band. We were just at this tiny school out in the middle of Wyoming. And yet we, we had a great band and we had a jazz band. And that was where I got introduced to you know things like Maynard Ferguson and Herbie Hancock and some of these amazing jazz players. Miles Davis was a part of that whole education. But what was really fun was that, you know, band was first thing in the morning. 
and he let us play popular records um, as we were coming into the classroom. So at that time, Aerosmith's Dream On album was very popular. Toys in the Attic had come out that year. And um, so we listened to those in Bachman Turner Overdrive. And so I had this education in music that first year of high school that was just all over the map. And I was given the opportunity to love all of it. And I'll never forget that. And then when I got to be in my junior year of, of high school, we moved uh, to a new town and a new school. And it was a much bigger place. Still in, you know, it was still in Wyoming. So it wasn't, it wasn't gigantic. But compared to the place that I had been, Casper was, you know, Casper was a big city to me. And um, Joe Ruley was my music teacher, the band teacher there. And I, I think that he probably gave me as much of a direction for my life as any other person in that he saw that I had capabilities that I didn't know I had. He saw that I had a good ear. He saw that I could improvise. He was able to, to give me opportunities to, to grow those, you know, skills and those abilities. And that gave me again, um, a sense of who I was in the world. Um, so it's interesting. The relationship that I have with jazz, um, is very deep and very emotional. Although I haven't played a lot of jazz in recent years. Um, when I, when I went through, uh, well, even before I went through my illness, um, I just didn't have the stamina that jazz required. Um, I didn't have the, I didn't have the focus. I didn't have the energy and I didn't, you know, at some point my arms started to hurt so much that I couldn't play at all. Um, and for jazz, you really have to, you have to put in the time and I just didn't do it. And so what, what happens now for me with jazz is I, I go back to it and I, I have fond, fond memories of opportunities that I had um, early in my musical uh, explorations. Um, I was just telling Bodhi tonight about when I was in college, I got invited to play um, in a rhythm section for Dizzy Gillespie. And one of the songs that they played tonight was one of the songs that we played uh, back then, Manteca. Uh, which is a real kind of a cool Afro-Cuban um, tune. It was just, I remember walking on air at, during and after those concerts. Um, and Dizzy Gillespie, was, he was a character and very funny man. I remember here I was at this straight-laced Christian institution, and he was asking me where I could get, whether I could help him find some pot and some girls. <laughs> uh, he must have been like 80 years old at that time. <laughs> but I had a, a lovely memory of that. But there are some other teachers that I remember from that time as well. Tom Kinzer is one um, at Casper College who, God knows how that guy ended up in Casper, Wyoming. He was from the South, but he had lived in, I think he had been involved in the jazz scene in New York and, and in Chicago. And I don't know how he ended up at Casper College, but he was the one that really brought that that program together. And he gave opportunities to all of these Wyoming kids 
from the middle of absolute nowhere to, to really have a world-class jazz experience. And he took us all over the, the western part of the United States on tour recruiting musicians to come to Casper. But Tom was also, he was a stickler. And when I, when I saw the movie Whiplash, I don't think Tom was ever as vicious as the teacher in that movie was. But he, he was as demanding and as, as precise. And I remember feeling a little bit nervous as I watched that movie and, and thinking back to those times when I just wasn't hitting those quarter note guitar rhythms exactly on the beat like he wanted. <laughs> it was like, he kept saying, there are no upstrokes in jazz guitar. <laughs> but Tom was a, a, a wonderful, wonderful teacher. And I, I was lucky to be in Casper at the time that I was there. There were other teachers there as well. Tracy Fowl was one of my first guitar teachers. And Tracy, God rest his soul, he showed me how to play. Um, an amazing, amazing man and very funny. Had a dry sense of humor. Um, and But he was, he was just such a fine, fine player and a good human being. But I have so many, so many positive memories of teachers that were there really at crucial times in my life. They were times when I was really going through and, you know, identity crisis after identity crisis. And they were the ones who stood in the gap and they saw something there that I couldn't see for myself. And they nurtured it and they, they tended it. And they demanded it. And I am, I am here now. I'm not playing jazz music anymore, but I'm here now. And I've had the life that I've had largely because of them. Mark Murray's another one. He was my professor at Anderson College when I went there. And Mark gave me every opportunity. He was the one that helped me. Um, he asked me to play for the Dizzy Gillespie concerts. And he also asked me to play in this uh, band of older musicians in the area called Swing Set. Oh my gosh, those rehearsals were fun. Those guys were great players. So this this little walk down memory lane, I think, is more important to just share. It's like as you look back on your life and see the touchstones and really identify those people who stood in the gap for you. And understand, you know, we, none of us got where we are 100% on our own steam. There was always someone else there who was holding the vision, seeing what we couldn't see, and just kind of pushing us in, in that direction. And now I feel really privileged to stand in that place for other people. I feel like that that's kind of where I've come and it's come full circle. It's like I'm now in the same shoes that those teachers were for me, where I'm helping people to see the possibilities that they can't see yet for themselves. And I'm helping them to get where they are meant to go. Um, I'm, I'm honored to be in that role for so many people. Um, and if, if you are in one of those gap times in your life, don't hesitate to reach out.
I appreciate your time, your attention always, and I will look for you again. Tomorrow's going to be um, uh, your own best company. Um, Monique Eckes is going to be the guest, and you'll love her. She's just a great lady. And um, then I'll be back with another coffee break on Saturday. Thanks again for being here, and I will see you uh, on Saturday.